Okay, brand new episode. Yesterday I had recorded two episodes about my entire time in the hospital and I had some technical issues, um, but it also was a bit of a blessing because to go through that entire experience in two 20-minute episodes really isn't doing... uh, doing the story justice Um, so I've come up with a bit of a plan to break up each of the each of the big big sections of that experience into um, into its own episode basically I think that way I can go into a bit more detail um, and still keep them as relatively short episodes um, yeah. So I last spoke about when I f- when I got to the hospital, basically. And I think this episode basically starts with me going into the cancer ward, the teenage cancer ward in UCLH. Um, one of the first memories I have was seeing a kid who was pretty much in the in the mix of things shaved head um relatively skinny but i think it was just the shaved head that um had an impact on me and i've i've recognized that emotion i had seeing him later on in my chemotherapy um cycle when i had now been in the hospital for a few months and I would see the new the new patients walking in looking at me with that same sort of look as though that's going to be me soon Um, and it's still sort of registering in their minds as they're looking at me and trying to be polite Um, so yeah I remember seeing that and it still was as though is this really happening is that actually going to happen and I had, for some reason, just a bit of energy about me. I had my own room. Um, you know, you're really fucked up when they give you your own ensuite bathroom and a flat screen TV, sofas around your bed. Uh, <laughs> but at the time, it was like, oh wow, you know, it was a bit of bit of a change to my normal routine. What I'd been going through at the time, I don't know why, but I was, you know, relatively good mood considering what I'd I'd just been diagnosed with and what I'd just been told. Um, There was a day room on the ward with a pool table, bunch of books and DVDs and consoles and all that good stuff. So I remember playing a game of pool, starting to kind of... uh, Energy was waning off, so I went back to my room, chilled out. Um, And then, yeah, I remember telling... A very, very good friend of mine. I've known him since I was a kid. I told him what had happened and he was just in complete disbelief. Like, you have you can't just, just drop that on someone, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's clearly someone I, I love very much and I felt comfortable enough to tell him. I think I needed to get it off my chest. 
considering I didn't tell anyone in my immediate circle, just a family friend who was, you know, in, in some regards, I know I have so much trust in this person that I know through whatever I can tell him anything. Um, so yeah, I, I started treatment that night and I had such a horrible experience with I think I had diarrhea or something horrible and they gave me a laxative and it was just a complete blur. That that stood out to me because then it was like, oh, you're not in this fancy hotel room here. You're, you're in a pretty fucked up situation. Um, and they started me on, on the heavy duty chemotherapy immediately. Cancels everywhere. Um, had to go straight into the Donna Rubison. Um, and what had happened was my, my body is very, very sensitive to this chemotherapy, to chemotherapy in general, as we found out the hard way. But as this chemo went into me, my body reacted badly. I honestly do not remember what happened supposedly there's there's an emergency um alarm you can set off when a patient goes into some sort of shock or whatever and that basically means all the nurses and doctors drop everything that's going on and run immediately into that patient's room fix them resuscitate whatever the situation may be supposedly that happened um i don't remember any of it and then I was taken to ICU. I was in ICU for roughly 21 days. I think around 21 days off the top of my head. I need to confirm that. Um, and ICU is really life or death. You, you don't want to be in there as a, you know, I'm just hopefully recovering from something. You're, you're in there when your situation is really, really bad. So... The good news was um, the chemo did its job, did its job basically too well. It got rid of all the cancer, thankfully, touch wood, but it also got rid of everything good as well. And from this particular type of chemotherapy, you can get um, the same fungal infection that grows on an, on an ulcer. That same infection, because I didn't have an immune system it basically got into my bloodstream and then ran havoc it got to my heart got to my lungs got to my intestines my lungs collapsed three out of four lobes in my heart were pretty much done um and i had internal bleeding which meant i couldn't eat or drink for seven days and I was on so much morphine at this point, I couldn't even tell you what was happening. Um, I have some memories here and there of a few people, some friends who come to see me, some family members. Um, but really it was in and out, in and out. I remember chatting up the nurses, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was... There was a point, my mom says, where kind of rounded everyone up and said, listen, we don't know if he's getting through this. 
uh, sort of like be prepared for that. And now at this point, I have no idea like what's going on at all. To paint some sort of a picture, I weighed in my lowest was 32 kilograms at 16 years old, which means this no eating for five to seven days, although I was on a cow shake drip through my arm or wherever, um, I was losing weight very, very quickly. And actually at one point, I think the, um, I can't remember the, the, the name, there's a tube they can basically put in a pick line they can put in your arm that had been infected and they had to take take it out or they had some sort of catheter in and then the specialist who puts that in wasn't available and this was on a friday uh wasn't available until monday so over the weekend they put a tube in my neck and i remember this because i couldn't move every time i moved it hurt a lot so that was a, a fun weekend. And I still, if I laugh too hard or I turn my neck too quickly, I can, I can feel it. It's a, it's a, it kind of cramps up a little bit. Um, but yeah, all good, all good now. Um, so this was me yesterday trying to just run through nine months in two 20-minute episodes. And now I'm taking you through the first month of what was going on. Um, and during during the time I couldn't eat or drink, I basically convinced one of the um, the cleaners to get me some water. I was allowed like a swab, and they had like lemon flavors and raspberry flavors, which were heavenly at the time, amazing. But I'd convinced this poor cleaner to get me some water, thinking they were running some sort of experiment on me and torturing me or something. <laughs> Clearly, uh, I, did, I was quite a good negotiator at the time. Um, and then, yeah, they basically stopped her and said, look, we're not doing that for no reason here. Um, <laughs> so after that, <clears throat> what had happened? I distinctly remember I've been in bed this entire time, right? I've lost the ability to walk. But at the time, I was moving my legs about trying to convince the doctors I'm ready to go up to the ward by the end of the, the 21 days. Um, and my feet had flopped over like, the best way I can explain it was like a killer whale, a killer whale's fin that's been in captivity, how it just flops over. My feet had just flopped down. Um, but then fast forward a little bit, I came back onto the ward and now I'm completely bedbound completely bedbound I'm 16 I've got a adult diaper on nurses are helping me piss and shit in my bed I think time to time they would help me if I needed a poo I haven't said the word poo in ages if I needed a shit there was one point they helped me go to the toilet to do it. Whereas sometimes you just roll over in the bed, sit on the thing and do it. By the way, this is all fucking traumatizing stuff for a 16 year old to have to go through. <laughs> but 
survival mode was very much kicking in at this point. But I remember going to the toilet for one one particular instance, uh, the first time I saw my reflection. Because the entire time in ICU, I, I was very observant of the fact people were treating me differently. It's as though my entire life I've been treated as Ryan. Um, and now people are responsive to me in a different way, which was a very strange thing to experience. It's like you're a completely different human being. Um, and I didn't really understand that until I saw my reflection. So obviously the nurses had to help me from the bed into a seat, gone into the toilet from the, from the wheelchair to the actual toilet, do my business. She helps clean me up. I can't believe I'm admitting all of this so freely. Um, I wish I remembered her name. Joan. Joan or something. I can't remember. Um, and then she's helped me from the toilet back into this wheelchair. And it gives them a chance to clean the bed as well. I think that's, now I think about it, it's a good reason to kind of get me out of bed, stretch whatever parts of my body that can be stretched. Um, and then I've, I've basically seen my reflection. I've seen my reflection and I'm probably, what, 32 kilograms was my lowest. Maybe here I've, I've put on a kilo or two, but I'm still really, really skinny. Frightening, frightening to look at. Um, like a cross between the color-wise, uh, The Incredible Hulk, and I looked like Mr. Burns. That's the best way I can put it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but looking in this mirror, in all seriousness, it was as though the person who I was prior to going into the hospital, the, the voice in my head, the way I was speaking to myself, my attitude, my lack of self-esteem, my fear, my self-loathing and <clears throat> just weakness. It was as though I was looking at that person. I was looking at the voice in my mind. I was now physically turned into it, which sounds pretty fucked up. Um, but I decided in that moment, you know, this is a changing point. And it doesn't happen in an instance, but from that point on, I was consciously going to want to improve myself, want to be that positive person, want to um, demand more from myself. Um, that was almost the beginning of, fuck it, it's, it is what it is, I am where I am at, now I can control the way I speak to myself and how I want to be moving forward. Um, so I, I take that as a massive moment in my life. Um, I like to see I took it as responsibility for the person I was 
it wasn't easy in the moment to hold my hands up and say look this is this is your fault but in a positive way and in a way I could take responsibility of my actions moving forward and who I now want to become is the complete opposite of this of this person I'm looking at um so yeah yeah they had basically stopped my chemotherapy when I was in ICU but I was fortunate enough to have everything cleared up which was a just a very strange time but what they were treating was this fungal infection that basically spread everywhere and it's not as though they cleared it for me to leave ICU um, but they managed to tame it and figure out which medicines work best for it um, and the reason I was in hospital for nine months in a row as an inpatient I lived there for nine months was because of the fungal infection more than the cancer I mean it was brought on by the chemotherapy and cancer but this fungal infection basically um, would cause my temperature to spike so high that it would fall into the range of at risk of having a seizure and because of how vulnerable and weak I was at the time I had to be I had to be in hospital in case that happened. Thankfully, touch wood, it never did. I never had a seizure the entire time I was there. But that was why I had to be monitored so closely and it was almost a every single day thing. Um, maybe even two, three times a day, I would my temperature would begin to spike. I just got used to it by the end. Um, but yeah, I may just touch on the point of Coming out of ICU a month out, I've gone in with the intention you're going to be in hospital for maybe a week, two weeks at a time and then go home and then come back in for treatment when when it's due. This is obviously a spanner in the works. I'm stuck in a room for a month and a half at this point. Very impatient, very... I'm stuck in a room. You're in quarantine. We've, we've experienced COVID now. Imagine... You're stuck in one room and one bed and you can't even stand up and walk. So cue the process and the, the new challenge of learning how to stand on my own two feet. Building that up day by day, slowly beginning to move my arms while I'm standing, gain balance, step at a time. Um, and it took me a while, but by my birthday 4th of August so that was three months no by about the two month mark I had learned how to walk again which was not easy I mean you really take it for granted how much balance you require just to stand but yeah that was my first baby steps um, so just a complete 0 to 100 I've been diagnosed with this. I'm quite certain I'm going to be fine. Just a long chemotherapy cycle to all of a sudden. This whole fungal infection, just a complete spanner in the works. Um, and yeah, yeah, took me for six. Um, I'll talk about when the doctors 
decided to resume the chemo maybe a month and a half, two months into my stay at hospital um, for another episode. Okay.